And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, and today we're going to be speaking with two current law students in Chicago, Brian Tejio and Andrew Willis. And we're going to talk about what it's like to be a Christian in a law school, and specifically the trials and the joys that come with that. I'm an attorney and a partner at the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago and a former law student in Chicago some time ago. Uh, We are Christian lawyers that focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. We do everything from zoning to estate planning to not-for-profit administration and defending religious freedom. You can find out more about us by going to uh, maukbaker.com, that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call 312-726-1243. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter to keep up to date on developments about faith and the law. Andrew Willis was the communications manager at Malkin Baker before moving on to pursue his his dream of becoming a lawyer. Uh, Andrew actually was responsible in many ways for setting up the show we're on today, but he's never been on it before. Uh, He's currently interning at the uh, Illinois Attorney General's Office in the Civil Appeals Division and recently began his third year at Chicago Kent uh, College of Law, where he serves as the president of their CLS chapter. Brian Trujillo recently finished his internship at Malkin Baker as a Blackstone Fellow and soon after began his second year at Northwestern Pritzker School of Law, where he currently serves as co-president of their Christian Legal Society student chapter. He is also, and it's not on my list here, but I know it for a fact, part of the uh, pro-life movement over at uh, Northwestern. Andrew and Brian, uh, welcome back to Malkin Baker and welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, let's start. I've got both of you here in the studio. Let's start with Brian. Brian, uh, give us a little background. Why on earth would you get involved in law? What's going on? Yeah, um, I, I got to get out of the re- recruiting uh, answer because uh, it changes, right, <laughs> a little bit. But uh, truthfully, um, as a kid, I always felt this, this calling to help people and serve and problem solve for people in, in many ways. Um, and I think as I learned more about Christianity and the faith and Jesus as an advocate, um, kind of turned me on to the profession and it's something I, I continue to pursue. Um, I was also really into uh, philosophy and Christian apologetics in undergrad. Uh, and I said, well, how do I make use of this in a practical sense of philosophy and Christian apologetics? And I found that law school was a great way of, uh, or being a lawyer marries this sort of problem solving skill that I love and advocating for things and people and this philosophy and this sort of thinking in the abstract and kind of reducing it to practice. Andrew, how about you? Why on earth are you doing this law thing? I'm still questioning that myself at times, but... (laughs) I think that's a fair answer, by the way, and I'm glad you are. Go ahead. So, what are you thinking? Well, let's see. Growing up, I had a um, heart for cultural engagement and the political process. You know, I growing up, I was involved in political campaigns and undergrad. I was working in public policy at the Illinois Family Institute, and that kind of gave me a heart for not just um, shaping the law, but applying it. And that gave me a strong interest in law. But um, probably wasn't until I came to work here at Malcolm Baker where I got to see more of the personal side where um, you help people like Brian was talking about and you have real needs. And um, 
you know, obviously Malcolm Beer does um, big cases of religious liberty, but they also help individuals um, with their own personal needs and see them um, help them with their struggles and stuff like that really encouraged me that this is a um, compassionate um, institution. The uh, question I have for both of you, uh, Brian, you were just here last summer. Uh, Andrew, you were here. Probably two years oh, yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, where are you in your thoughts about law today? What What do you want to do with it? Well, yeah, um, this internship experience completely kind of turned it on its head of what I thought I wanted to do as a lawyer. I thought I was called to sort of passive ministry at a big firm and maybe talking about Jesus occasionally, if maybe the opportunity came up. But being at Mock and Baker, I understand that I can't separate the two, right? There, there's something about using your talents, using all things for his glory, including your time in law school, including your time as a lawyer, including your skills in writing a memo or writing a brief or something like that. Um, so law for me hasn't taken a, a more active um, a role in my life, right? And seeing how I can advance the gospel in a loving, truthful way um, while defending the interests of, of different organizations, institutions, peoples, whatever it may be. Um, also doing it in a loving, gospel-centered way and how we take the wins and the losses and the strategy and, and the ethics of it. So at Malcolm Baker, you saw more than one win and more than one oh, loss, yeah. I take it. <laughs> So it, that's right. It's an up and a down, and, and uh, it is a fight. Andrew, what are you thinking right now about law? Where, where do you want to go with it? You know, that's the question that kind of changes every day, um, depending on the opportunities that come up. But one thing I have experienced um, is that every aspect of law um, has um, Christian principles and ways to live out your faith. And um, I interned for a judge last summer, and it was all um, criminal cases. And um, you saw you know, an area that I never considered and don't consider going into and ways, and you see um, opportunities to share your faith with um, those um, who have been convicted. And um, so at this point, you know, the, the window is open, but I still have a heart for public advocacy and religious liberty and free speech. This is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of the law firm of Malkin Baker. Today, we have two law students with us, Andrew Willis and Brian Trujillo. Uh, both of them are here to discuss what it's like being a, a Christian law student today. So I'm going to turn to that topic. So what's it like being a Christian law uh, student? You're not in a Christian school. It's a secular environment. What are your uh, joys and trials in that situation? I'm going to switch it up. Andrew, your thoughts? You know, it's... You know, going into law school, I expected um, a lot of hostility for faith. You see a lot of those things in the news and stuff like that. But I haven't experienced much open hostility. Um, people have actually been pretty accepting of my faith and my views on even on marriage and um, abortion and, and issues like that. But it's more of a, um implicit um, hostility towards my faith, like in classes where um, you experience a lot of reason and um, rationale for views that – um, you don't agree with, and it makes you question a lot of times what you are doing in your own life and your own spiritual life. You know, it's interesting you say that. When I was a freshman, or I'm sorry, it's a, a 1L um, at law school, that was a very difficult time for me mm -hmm. um, because they essentially questioned and um, deconstructed about everything I had ever thought. Uh, was that your experience first year? It was very much like that. You know, I go to church and um, it's you hear the sermons that you've been used to hearing all your life and you start questioning all of a sudden, you know, the lawyer mind kind of kicks in. You start actually questioning what you're hearing. And um, 
It makes you struggle. It, it does, does make you struggle. It does. Um, it's really hard. Uh, Brian, your thoughts? Yeah, it. it's it's been you know I, I repeat to myself that being a Christian is one of the hardest things I've, I've ever done, and I think being in this season of law school, it's confirmed that um, law school adds so many different interests that, that pull and tug in different directions, and it's very easy to sort of marry your happiness to things like performance, grades, cold call performance. <laughs> uh, where am I going to end up for work? But it without you know if I'm I feel oh, that I have I have Christ right, so I can center back on what keeping the main thing the main thing and saying no, no I can only worship Christ and this is what my happiness depends on. So I'm just going to do my best and enjoy my time in law school learning, but my happiness does not come from my performance in those areas. Um, that's been one a huge positive in being a Christian law student. One of the challenging things, exactly as Andrew pointed out, is is engaging with the rest of the community uh, on topics in a torch class, right? When uh, the judge makes certain assumptions about the role between man and, and husband and wife, when students question that assumption and say, well, no, no, that's an old dated idea, right? This concept of uh, one spouse. Um, what do I do? Do I inter, you know, insert my opinion there? Do I insert my belief? Do I defend I got to ask you, what do you do? What do I do? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, can, I can try to weave it in and say, well, as a married person, I think this is because I am married. I think this is one of the things that I would hope is the case. Or I can say, well there's some value in this sort of thinking that the judge is not taking this. Even if we, for a moment, put aside the religious aspect of it, there's still logic behind and the goodness and value that comes from something like having one spouse, right? The way that God intended it. Um, for the purposes of the case, I think it was a sound assumption that there would only be one spouse. And it, it had to do with, you know, transmitting a sexual disease, um, whether that was an assault or a battery or something like that. But, um, yeah, I would, I would, I would raise my hand and say, well, I think, and defend that position a little bit, and say, um, even the thing is that people know I'm a Christian, right? So they say, oh no, he's saying that because he's a Christian. But if you flesh out the arguments a little bit better and don't even bring it up, those they can see the logic. Uh, let me ask you a question. There's so many questions that that come to my mind when I see this. Um, how important is having other uh, believers to uh, associate with when you're in this? Um, Alliance, then, in a sense, whether it be intellectual or otherwise, how important it is is it to have others in fellowship with you on that? Oh, I think it's necessary. Um, you know, Scripture tells us we need the encouragement of other believers to strengthen our faith. And um, you know, growing up in a Christian household and with um, mostly Christian believers as friends, um, you don't ex you kind of take that for granted at times. But now that you're in an institution where um, you know the vast majority of people um, don't carry, uh, hold your faith. Um, you really learn how necessary it is um, to encourage yourself. To, uh, um, you need that sharpening of other people. Brian, your thought? Yeah, I think it's absolutely necessary. You know, um, I came from Miami, Florida, right? Since it's a lean, uh, mostly Catholic, Christian, you know, they, they have certain beliefs. When I came out to Chicago at Northwestern, I thought I would be the only Christian on campus. Um, so I was fearful of that because I said, well, who's going to help me shoulder my burdens, right? Or is this coming alongside one another in mentorship? Um, but I'm very happy that Christian Legal Society was on campus and we were able to find other people to come alongside each other. Uh, coming up, we will talk further about how Andrew and Brian have been able to get engaged with other Christians on campus. And we'll talk a little further about their role as presidents for CLS on the uh, student chapter. I'm Rich Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio.
Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, partner of the law firm of Malkin Baker, and today we're talking with two law students, Andrew Willis and Brian Tejillo, about their experiences as being Christian lawyers, or excuse me, Christian law students on their way to being lawyers. Um, and we ended the last segment talking a little bit about the necessity of, of walking with other believers in the law school environment. Both of you are CLS president of your law student chapters. Um, Brian, let's start with you a little bit. What's that all about? What's this Christian Legal Society and what does it mean to be a, a president of your chapter? Yeah, so the Christian Legal Society is, is a larger national organization. Uh, we're just one small chapter, um, you know, here at Northwestern. Um, one of the most important things for us is having a consistent Bible study. So that's something that we're going to run out of CLS on a weekly basis is that weekly Bible study. And we're going to have, um, we actually were blessed. One of the students, uh, he actually has pastoral training. Uh, so he's, he was doing his uh, pastoral training at over in Oklahoma, has ministry experience, and he volunteered to lead our Bible study. Uh, something I was fearful that would fall on my shoulders, didn't fall on my shoulders. So thanks. For that. Yeah, you have uh, a premium of time, don't you, when you're uh, at law school? <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's one thing that's very important to us. Another thing is that sort of rechecking, holding each other accountable that I was talking about, right? There's a lot of competing interests. One of those is Am I employable? Am I going to get a job? Things like that. And sometimes you can get lost lost in a sauce type of thing, right? Where you're worshiping that interest or worshiping that position. Um, but if you have somebody that's checking you and saying, hey, you know, let's make sure that we come back to the center and keep things uh, the way they're supposed to be and that God has a plan for your life, has a purpose for your life. Um, that's something I think CLS is going to serve uh, this year is holding each other accountable. Andrew, your thoughts? I mean, being being the president of the legal, Christian Legal Society, um, it's really a privilege because one thing you bring um, believers together from all sorts of different communities. I know last year we had um, almost like half of our uh, chapter was Chinese students from China um, and to hear their experiences and living out their faith. And essentially um, having that time to talk about the discussions uh, the problem, the issues that come up in law school is stuff you cannot get outside the home. You know, um, having fellow law students that carry your faith with you is encouraging because you could talk about your struggles and um, the same subjects in classroom on a weekly basis. It's um, really encouraging. Well, one of those questions that I'll ask you is there is a cost sometimes to being a Christian. How do you feel that your fact that you are openly acknowledging Jesus may have an effect on your career. How do you look at that? Is that a, a fear of yours? Is that a concern? Yeah, in terms of uh, looking at it from a career perspective, I was fearful about entering an environment that's not open to this and saying, am I going to offend somebody just by saying I'm a Christian, just by saying I believe a certain way. You know, there's a huge push for diversity in, in law firms um, and all kinds of diversity, including things like gender and sexual orientation and preferences and all these other things. It's does my presence offend people when I say I'm a Christian? You know, when you say that, though, I think, well, aren't you part of that diversity Apparently if not. you're a believer? That's what I was hoping for. But um, I've been asked about my faith, you know, in um, in interviews where they and they'll dig a little deeper and say, oh, you're a Christian. Oh, you did a Bible study in undergrad. That's important to you, huh? And it's not a positive, huh? <laughs> it's more of a, what are you going to do about a situation where something's pulling at you? Um, but... Again, the main thing, the main thing, and I, if I don't want to be in an environment, or maybe I do want to be in an environment, I don't know yet, where they're not open to that. Um, but I do know that I, that's not going to change. And I'm never going to uh, hide from it. This is something that's more important to me than law school. 
Yeah, I, I was in the same boat, and I just decided uh, I am who I am, and I'm uh, hiding it. What's the purpose? If you go to our website at Malcolm Baker and look up our bios, it's pretty obvious who we are, and and you guys are following in that same tradition. I'm proud of you for that. Andrew, I'll give it back to you if you think you have an answer. If not, we'll move on. What are you thinking on that? You know, it, it is interesting because, um, like I said earlier, is um, – fairly rare to see open hostility towards your faith. But, you know, there is times I go into mock interviews sometimes and, um, you know, it's just for attorneys that are willing to volunteer their time to help students give some feedback. And they look at my resume and um, they see that, you know, I am a Christian and they see that I'm um, pretty open and will take um, political stances on it at times. And they warn me that, you know, some people um, may not be open about that and um, may just reject you because of that. Um, and it's surprising at times, but um, they also encourage me because they um, tell me if um, to be open about it because if they're not willing to tolerate that, it's maybe not an institution worth working you know, for. I've always taken that, that theory. And I also, uh, I'm on the other side of it now, having practiced for, I don't know, since 1980, so almost 40 years, I guess. Um, God really does direct our paths, and he called you into this thing, and he'll, I'm not saying it's an easy ride, and I'm not saying it's a, a straightforward ride. It may be a lot of tacking, but he really does walk with us on it, and we certainly have found that true here at this law firm. Uh, you're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker uh, with the firm of Malkin Baker, and uh, we're speaking with Brian Trujillo and Andrew Willis about ways they are reaching their uh, Christian law students on campus and about the difficult uh, questions that come up every day in class. So, Brian, I'll start with you on this. Uh, the issue of gender identity, the issue of um, abortion, the issue of uh, religious freedom, the wish issues of free speech uh, today in the political correct environment we're in, all of those are things you see in the classroom Every day, probably. How do you handle those? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. It's it's tough. It's I'm still learning that. Right, that's a part of my law school learning experience. Is that component handling things, not just you know truthfully and in a you know with sound arguments, but in a loving way, so that after class, somebody can come to me and say, Brian, I liked what you said. Can we talk more about your faith? Something like that. Um, how do I handle that? Well, I I think always checking back to the gospel. Right, recentering on the gospel is the Perfect place to start. Looking at the issue through the lens of the gospel and saying, well, how would Jesus handle the situation? What are some of the principles we know that come from scripture, come from Jesus' uh, teachings, and how do we wrestle with these things? Um, you know, even though we, I know what I want to say, I want to know how to work the class to get there in a, in a, in a good way. That's, that's sort of something way. that law school teaches, persuasion and, yeah. <laughs> and how to argue toward your position. Uh, and it can be rhetoric, which means it's simply something you don't really believe in, but you're trying to accomplish a purpose, or it can be from deep conviction. So you're getting good training on that at, uh, in the fire, as they say. Andrew, what, how about you? Are you facing those kind of questions uh, daily? Oh, yes. Yes, quite often. Um, one thing that – one um, strategy that I have found, especially outside the classroom, is did what Jesus did, and he would turn the question back on to the person asking that question. Um, and have them answer it because um, in, the, in many ways you don't have to know all the answers because um, 
I don't. And um, you can ask them and kind of wait, 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 wait. Did I just hear this? A lawyer or one who professes to becoming a lawyer said he doesn't know all the answers. I'm going to try to shake any <laughs> aspect of humility before I pass the bar. But for now, I'll clean the little bit I have. You know what? Jesus said, woe to you lawyers. And why did he say it? it was because of their lack of humility. So yeah. never, never lose that. I'm all, I'm all with you on that. Um, all right. So how do you, and this, this is a, a really vital question. How do you interact with other students who have a position different than yours? Um, one big thing that came up was this whole self-defense thing uh, with a Florida shooting. And that was one where, where my positions were challenged a little well, you're bit. Well, a, you're a Florida resident. Yes. And um, people, and, you know, I also believe in defending yourself, stuff like that. But people were asking me, it's like, well, on this gun aspect, and I wanted to take this just as an example, pushing me against, they were pushing, pushing against me. One thing that I learned that gets you a lot of purchase in these conversations is being able, exactly what you're talking about, being able to be humble and say, I don't know the answer to that. And I'm prepared to be wrong, but this is what I think. So people would ask, well, would Jesus, for example, carry a gun? Would Jesus do this? Well, it says, you know what? I'm prepared to be wrong on that point. But on certain other issues, here's what I think Jesus answer. Or this is what he did with respect to those issues. So being humble. <laughs> I'm dying to ask you, would Jesus carry a gun? I don't know. I don't know. I can <laughs> okay. Take, yeah. well, we, we won't go there right now. Great, a great discussion, though. As a matter of fact, as an attorney, I have a lot of my churches currently ask me, well, what do we do about uh, protection and security in our churches? Should we hire people, uh, you know, off-duty cops or things like that? Uh, and there's a huge spectrum of... Some of my uh, Texas um, clients, you know, of course you carry a gun. Everybody in the church should have a gun. And then I have my Illinois clients who say there should be no guns in the sanctuary. So uh, huge issues. What do you think about this? How, how do you deal with the people and are you able to interact? You know, I think the worst thing you can do is um, try to avoid the issues in the first place. Um, just even if you don't say the most eloquent answer. I love that answer. Um, saying something helps. I remember my first year of law school, probably the first or second class, I got asked a policy question on a topic like, um, I think it was abortion. And I gave a kind of stereotypical answer and I was kind of kicking myself afterwards for not being more prepared for that. And a guy came up to me afterwards and said, oh yeah, you're that guy. Uh, you're the conservative. I'm like, yeah, that's me. And he was like, well, you're not the only one. I'm just smart enough not to say anything. Yeah, there, and, there we go. And, and you know what? That's been one of the problems. Yes. Uh, Brian and Andrew, thank you for speaking with us today. Uh, how can Christian law students get involved with CLS on their campuses? Yeah, um, it, it, you know, if, if you have a chapter, uh, feel free to reach out to one of the presidents. Uh, for Northwestern, um, there's two presidents. One of them is Emily Berger. Uh, the other one is Brian Trujillo. And the email for me would be Trujillo at nlaw.northwestern.edu. Emily Berger is probably easier to spell. It's going to be the same thing, emilyberger at nlaw.northwestern.edu. Yes, and even if you're a um, potential law student and want to come and get involved in come to a CLS meeting, you're welcome to come to ours. Um, you can contact me at Andrew Willis. The, the, my email is awillis at kentlaw.iit.edu. You've been listening to uh, Lawyers for Jesus Radio. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at maukbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, I'm 
indeed You're gonna have to serve somebody 